Hello, friends. Welcome back to Make Believe Heroes. Uh, we are very excited to get some new episodes of MBH into your ears. Uh, but before we got into today's very exciting episode, I, I wanted to just kind of give a couple updates. It's been it's been a few weeks. It's been a couple months, I guess, uh, since we were able to release any episodes. This is due, uh, for any of you who don't follow us on social media or, or um, communicate with us in any of the other ways, like through Patreon and, and, and such, um, you probably, some of you may have been wondering, uh, where where are you guys? You know, hope you're okay. Everything's good. Everything's good. It's just been crazy busy. Uh, and because of that, our recording schedule has struggled. We have barely been able to record in the last couple months, um, and it's not looking great uh, between now and the end of the year. But I've made the decision to go ahead and release some more episodes, um, starting with this one, episode 15, which I think is a very fun episode. Um, I really like this one. I hope that you all enjoy it as well. Uh, But before I cut you loose and let you get into that, I did just want to kind of tell you what you can be expecting from us in the next little bit. Today is uh, November the 9th as I'm recording this. Uh, This episode will go out tomorrow to all of our uh, early release patrons, and then on Monday to everyone else. Over the next month or so, you can expect regular weekly episodes. Uh, As we reach that middle-ish to late December point, uh, we will release an episode of uh, a Candlewells special, like we are wont to do each year. And that Candlebell special will go out to everyone in time for Christmas, so you can look forward to that. After the Candlebell special, and this is all I'm kind of estimating, it could be before the, there could be a, a small break before the Candlebell special, but definitely afterward, there won't be any new regular episodes for a few weeks. Now, we may do some other things just to kind of fill the gap if, we, if we're able. Um, but there's, there's likely to be a small pause there again as we go into January. This is due to the fact that. I'm going to be basically giving you all my backlog over the next month, um, and, and then we'll be caught up, and we will probably not get to record much between now and then. I'm hoping that we will get one recording session next week, and there's a there's a there's a chance that that will be the last time our group is able to get together and record between now and the end of the year, outside of the Christmas Candlebell special. So. If we go silent again, I'll try to uh, give an announcement in the episode to let you know uh, and just try to keep you all apprised. Of course, we are on social media, uh, MBH Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can reach us there. You can email us letters at makebelieveheroes.com with any questions you might have, etc. But for now, we are excited to get back to Dungeons and Dragons again with your MBH crew. And when we do return uh, after the break, um, post-Christmas break, our goal will be to keep going until we reach the end, which is drawing ever nearer. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. We love you. Let's get down to business. This is a podcast. Podcast. La 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 la. Where we play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Dragons and w- with with each sorry. other. I was going to ask with who. Yeah.
Hello, everyone. Hey, and y'all. And welcome. Hello. To Make Believe Heroes. And yeah. actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure for everyone of all ages. Everybody. Except it's 17-year-olds. Get out of here, 17-year-old punk. What? 17-year-olds, get out. Why do we hate them again? I cannot believe you. I am your dungeon master. And tonight, I'm joined by some friends, people I know. Hey guys, it's Blaze Blightwood, also played by Jeremy. Oh, Jerma. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Joe. Mama. Joe Mama. Joe Mama. I'm Alan, and I play Miracle. Miracle. I'm Felicia, and I play Professor Margaret Cavendish, Margaret also Mar- known as Margaret. Margaret Cavendish. My name is Zach, and hopefully, I will play Chris this episode. <laughs> we'll see, won't we? <laughs> You not might. looking great. You might not. My name is Caleb, and I play Kellen. Kellen. As a bird. Bird Kellen, uh, but not for much longer. Hey, this is Midway hey. Heroes. Thank you for listening. Um, we know why you're here. You're here to listen to us play D&D. No, they're not. So let's quickly take care of a couple things up front. First, if you love our show and support us on Patreon.com slash Make Believe Heroes, you can get access to a lot of really cool stuff like early release episodes, Fridays instead of Monday. You get some bonus episodes, some some extra uh, MBH Play stuff that's not available to the regular public. There's the Paul's DM Corner, uh, some other things like that. So just go check it out. Go patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes. And if you do, we'll give you a shout out on the show, just like we are about to give a shout out for one of our patrons, Amber Minton. Amber Minton. Amber Minton. Amber. Was she the character last time? No, different. That's a different Amber. That's an Amber Ivory. But hey, Amber, thank you so much for your patronage. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for uh, your support. You rock. You rock. You keep rocks and socks. Uh, Another way you can help us. You can leave us us five-star reviews. You keep (laughs) rocks and socks. You can leave us five-star reviews. If you do, we'll do our best to read them on the show. Just like this one that Felicia's about to read with a stuffed nose from Natty Bones. (laughs) That's like natural 20, right? Because bones are dice. So fun! Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Five stars. Five stars. By Natty Bones. Bones. Two stars. Just started listening to season one, and I love it so far. Grandma, (laughs) is that you? I didn't mean to pause right there, there, but it it made it it sound like so far. Anyway. That changed. That really changed. Go ahead. Keep going. Thank you for keeping it clean and fun. Mm -hmm. I looked for a long time for a clean D&D podcast after getting up to date with Dungeons and Drakenheim. 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 Drakenheim? I don't know that one. I don't know. And finally found these guys, exclamation point. Looking forward to listening to all four seasons. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a year ago. Um, That's awesome. So we hope that by now, maybe. Yeah, let us know. Natty, hopefully you've had a chance to, to listen to those. And Unfortunately, we do have another review. Um, they do this every year. This is uh, from Grumpa67, and it's entitled, Grandpa. The Orange Dragon Kelly is my favorite. Yes. It's spelled Dragon Kelly. It's spelled like the name Kelly. Yeah, boy. Dracon. How do you spell Kelly. Kelly? And this is a blank review. Blank. Oh, are you serious? Entitled The Orange Dracon Kelly is my favorite from Grumpa 67. Just scream The Orange Dracon Kelly is my favorite. Jeffrey, take it away. This podcast is the greatest Mm. in the whole world, especially in season five when Shade (laughs) is revealed as The Orange Dracon Kelly. Oh my God. The truth will out. It's canon now. It's not. And we but little... first, he kills all of us because he's mad. Mm. And I can't wait until that happens in the show. 
live. On air. Please give the show a listen. It's five stars. Thank you, Grumpa67. Joe's the best. <laughs> Joe's, also, Joe's the best. Um, okay. Well, uh, thank you, Grumpa67. Hope that was everything that you hoped it would be. Uh, but for now, let's roll a job, Ludie 20, shall we? Let's roll it. 12. Some, 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 You don't have a chance, Paul. Let's talk about what happened last time on Make Believe Shmeros. Last time, our adventurers saw that their companions aboard those three ships were currently being accosted by a giant undead squid, a large ghost pirate ship, yep, skeletal ghost pirates, undead shark things, yeah. flying harpy monsters, merfolk in the water, and more. And so they entered into a skills challenge to quickly try and reach the ship. But when they did, they found that two of the ships were aflame. One, the Kareen, and two, our Sea Lady. And in spite of their very best and valiant efforts, our Sea Lady was destroyed. But their crew seemed to escape to aboard the other ship, which was called the Fantasy. The Fantasy. Unfortunately, as Captain Hamlin was using his best magical abilities to try and defeat the sea monsters and... Banish the ghost ship. He was dragged beneath the cold depths by the undead squid thing. And in spite of Brackle's best efforts diving down to save him... It was one of Zach's characters, so it was unsuccessful. (laughs) (laughs) Just admit it, Paul. They were a little too late. It's true. But as Brackle was brought back aboard the ship and the inky black shadow had begun to take over his body once again, the shade left Joseph with a choice. He could save Brackle, or he could resurrect Hamlin. Oh, guess what didn't happen? <laughs> we weep for thee, Hamlin. Oh, Hamlet. Thou hast... Thou hast surely swallowed the salt water. Wherefore art thou, O oh, Hamlet? <laughs> and as the shade drew forth the shadow from Brackle, he then turned to Joseph again with a warning. Never... Call me a coward again. In the city of Venthaven, near the College of Magic, there is, well, there's a lot of student housing. There are your typical dorm room type places, and those are generally filled with with a number of students who've come from afar to stay there. You know, most local people stay home since they're here in the city. Uh, and even some who live, you know, just up the up the way a bit, maybe in a small hamlet or village, they are, sometimes will travel back and forth too. But those who come from afar, they need to find a place to stay. But there is one individual who has come to Vent Haven to study magic uh, after some apprenticeship that he had with a particular redheaded evocation wizard. Uh, but he's not alone. He is actually renting out a small, I think, kind of like a townhouse, except it is levitating just over top of another townhouse. Kind of like, you know, multiple stories of a home, but they they uh, fix them in such a way that they can fit more of these houses in, and there's a, a sort of staircase with floating stones that lead up to it. And uh, it is a small white stone home with a sort of like a light blue uh, roofing, like a shingle-type roofing, like a shell shingle-type roofing. And inside, uh, there is a human, you know, medium-sized, brownish hair, 
He has donned his wizard's robes for the day, and he has a, a bag, uh, like a shoulder bag, strapped over his shoulder, and he is tucking a couple papers and, and uh, quills inside. As he turns to his friend and says, uh, "We, uh, it's almost time. Uh, I think Professor Cavendish said that I should meet her there at noon, and uh, it's getting close, so uh, we should probably go, Vance. All right, let's go. Um, are you, you know, just full, full Paylor armor here? Um, just don't want to try and blend in or anything. Mm-hmm. From Guy. It's this Guy saying. Should I? I mean, you know, you just do whatever you... Is that going to embarrass you? No. I mean, no. No. I'm sure it's fine. And I mean, you know, maybe, I mean, people need to know you're a, you know, paladin, I guess, for this. Do they? I don't know. I mean, I know you're looking for someone in particular, maybe. How hard is it going to be to find Lorik's mom? Do you even know where she is? Um. You know who might know? Professor Margaret might know. Ah, uh, yes. I don't know her, but she may know. Well, we, we really should go. So let's we'll, we'll just go. Let's go. Come on. Let's just go. Oh, I was going to put on a uh, I Love College of Vent Haven shirt uh, like a sweater yes. yeah like a sweatshirt it's like our heart college of Haven. yes yeah that's good yeah get some some merch it's some like swag a, it's like a harry potter sweater with a v on it <laughs> <laughs> you all head out from the flat where you guys are staying and make your way deeper into the college of magic downtown the center of the college uh there is a large courtyard it's basically a park uh there are walkways um that weave through this park this beautiful park that has like very like exotically colored trees and plants blues purples greens yellows oranges anything you can imagine uh that's that and different sections kind of portray uh different climates and around this area some of the pathways actually like go up from the ground and like over top of them uh, so that you can actually walk up on these pathways and see everything and it's very beautiful, uh, and, and, and nearby there, there's there's a um, like a like a large. Well, I'd say like right in the center of this this even this like special garden type park area, there's a large open air sort of um, I guess courtyard. Yeah, I guess we'd call it like a courtyard. And every year uh, around this time, as Guy and Vance are making uh, their path in that direction, they're heading to the Spring Tide Fate. And the Springtide Fate, of course, is a grand celebration that the college holds every year where individual classes, as well as like upperclassmen, like completing like capstone sort of thing, place their newest projects on display. Vance, as you and Guy come into the, the area in the center of the garden of the Springtide Fate, you see lots of things going on. You see people performing spells and rituals. Uh, you see tables with very strange magic items on them. You hear performances of bards uh, in different locations. There are lots of foods being sold, fried street corns, and... Uh, Does it have the knobs? It's got the juice. It has and the big the lump juice. of knobs. Yeah. Uh, you see, you know, all kinds of things, and it. it's just, it's a very, like, upbeat. The uh, arcane bead is glowing high overhead. Of course, it is actually a beautiful and sunny day, even beyond... The bead that you can see, it's a perfect day for this. And, and Vance, as you and Guy are walking through, Vance, um, 
guys sort of following a little map that was given to him by Professor Margaret, trying to find the the table, the booth for Alchemy 101, where Guy's going to be helping set up and, and run the booth for today. Guy, you're helping run a booth today? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I mean, that's the whole, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to participate with a lot of the, oh, I didn't get to help with the creation. Um, it was just kind of late and getting added into the class, but Professor Cavendish said that I can just kind of help run things for a little while and, and uh, sort of see how things go, and then in the next year, hopefully be able to, um, well, I mean, assuming there is a next year. Oh, so you're like when the class has a, a group presentation, you're the guy who just stands there while the other people do the presentation. Well, yeah, but it's not because I, it's, I just got here. We just got here this week, Vance. I mean, what was I supposed to do? It's a joke. Oh. Sorry, I'm just nervous. You know, I mean, I'm nervous, but um, I think it's I think it's right up here. It's supposed to be over, like just like on like the by the, the sort of autumn section. So let's let's head over there. You guys head that way, and pretty soon, uh, Margaret. Hello, Margaret. You are setting, helping set up the booth for uh, Alchemy 101. Yep. And what does that booth look like? So it's. It's more like a platform. Okay. All of the homunculus things that the students have made mm-hmm. um, are on the platform, and there's a few few students running around, kind of shining them up, and some of them are welding or doing like a certain little thing right before you know we're trying to get this ready and everything. And uh, you see Margaret in they're not her dress gown like mm-hmm. a teacher or professor would wear. They're more like um, their pants. Mm-hmm. But they're still like very regal. It's like her professional. Yes, very professional. they're very professional, and she has her goggles on her head, and she's just you know conducting and telling the students where to go and whatever. And you see her links running around, handing her stuff, helping the kids yeah. however they can. Yeah, uh, one comes up to you and it holds up a box towards you. No, take that over there to Johnny. Well, if he's already has one, then give it to Maria. <laughs> I should not have made you to be able to back talk. <laughs> he turns and walks away, and as he is, you hear him. <sighs> that one, he's feisty. As you say that, looking to the side, you see as Guy, you see Guy Clark over there walking towards you, looking down at the map, kind of looking around, trying to see where he's going. Guy. Oh, um, uh, hi. Uh, yeah, um. Uh, professor, um, sorry we're late. Uh, we we got a little lost in the spring section. It was crazy over there. Have you seen? We're like uh, doing like like fire breathing stuff. Every year, it's something more and more. It's amazing what yeah. they come up with. And she jumps off the platform, mm-hmm. kind of dusts her uh, hands off, mm-hmm. you know. And you must be Sir Vance off the wall. Yes, I am. I have heard all about you and Guy's adventures. It is pretty amazing yeah. what you two have went through, and I'm so glad to have you here today. Guy just kind of looks sheepish for a minute. Well, I'm glad to be here. Don't take it easy on this guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's funny because my name is Guy. <laughs> exactly. I get it. Um, Guy, there's some links ready to help you with your... Remember, hmm. we need them... To be sparkly clean. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah, see anyone it. slacking, I'm on it. And, and press the digitation. That's a good way to do that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'll remember, take care. remember. The fifth of November. The spell. Oh. 
Do you remember? I was gonna say flick. Flicking swish. <laughs> flick and swish. First night. Remember what we talked about. A little okay. flourish. A little flourish that gets us gets it done, right? Yes. Of and September. also, if you mess up, it's fine. It is fine. Um. Okay. Uh. I'll take care of that. And Ga kind of runs off doing that. <sighs> He's so. He's so good at this. He really is. He's only been here a week, but I I told him he really needed to be a part of this festival. Yeah. So what does Sir Vance look like right now? Sir Vance is now Who not clean shaven and not okay. scraggly, but he has a beard that is well kept. Oh, well kept oh. beard. Is it also blonde like his hair? Yes. Is his mm. hair long still? It's medium. Okay. Yeah. Medium long. Medium Styled. Long is he dressed out in full Phoenix Paylor armor and everything? Yes. Just He's just got one of those College of uh, Magic sweaters over top. No, he took that off. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right. He didn't want to be too embarrassing for guy. Oh, right. Right. Got you. But he has a white you, cape. Ooh, white cape. Do you for know Maggie. the Muffin Man? A Muffin Man? <laughs> someone who lives on... Drury Lane. Drury Lane. By the name of Larry Andrew Darkbolt. The Darkbolts. Was she bad too? Yeah, we're we're familiar. I'll put it that way. We we don't have tea all the time on the regular, but we know of each other. How can I come into contact with Leandra Darkbolt? Hmm. Well, actually, we have a grand dinner. Um, every year, and I am almost a hundred percent sure that she will be there. Ah, I can meet her there. Yes, and I will arrange it. I will help you out, and um, I'll have another friend there too. But I should be able to take you over there. About that time, um, one of the students comes up to you, Margaret, and tells you everything is ready, and it's time for you all to start presenting your homunculi. Made out. What is it made out of? It's like it's like tinker stuff, right? Like like mm-hmm. mechanical. Yeah, her yeah. the ones she's teaching them how to do. They're given like life alchemically, um, but they are created using like ore and, and metallic materials mm-hmm. and things like that, mostly, right? Yeah, they just have to pick a heart, and then everything else can right. be the right. listen to your heart. They make different ones. Some can like hover and fly, right? Just a mm-hmm. little bit. Some are pack horses, like the one that she had. That she was yelling at a minute ago. People visit the Springtide Fate for the purpose of, like, you know, like some some come looking for uh, something to sell. Like, hey, show us your new items you've made. Maybe we can sell it. You see the links go to, like, corners of the platform, mm-hmm. and they're, like, waiting for Margaret's, um, mm-hmm. they're waiting for her call. She looks over at one of her other links mm-hmm. and says, are we ready? Oh. And she... Pulls out a button. All of a sudden, you see fireworks shoot out uh-huh. on the corners of the platform. Oh, that's cool. And it's like, it's just a um, way to get people's attention over mm-hmm. here. And then you kind of hear her. And this is Alchemy 101's homunculi. 
and they all start doing their thing. Thank like you. so, some step up and do this, and yeah. one flies around and buzzes, and and they're all pretty rudimentary. They're not quite on the level of ones that you would make, obviously, because they're made by the class right. level one. Uh, but it's pretty cool, and you and you start, you know, some of the other students step up, and they have a number of uh, locals who ask about purchasing one for their home. You know, that's kind of what people will come and they'll buy them, or people will like try to learn about them different things and depending on what you're having display they can ask different stuff after a while though it gets to a place where you know the the class the students are they can handle the rest of it and and you're able to uh step away if you'd like you all take sort of shifts throughout the day so um you can leave now if you want and maybe go look at something else and a guy comes up to you and he says uh so um uh, professor uh, professor margaret uh i'm sorry uh, professor cavendish you uh, you mentioned maybe you could uh, show show me around a little bit into the into the fate and maybe kind of help me see what some of the other people are doing and stuff. Sure. Uh, Vance, uh, Vance, you want to um, you want to come with us, look around, or? Sure, I'll come with you. Is that uh, is that all right, Margaret? Uh, sorry, Miss uh, Miss Cavendish. It's I'm fine, sorry. guy. It's fine. Yes, I will take you around the festival and we'll see all the other things. All right. Um, lead lead the way. So you lead them through. Yes. Um, it's a place kind of set up in a four quadrants, like I said, based on which part of the garden is behind them in the large court. It's a big courtyard. I mean, it's big enough to, to host all the students from the college and, and everyone that would come visit. It's a very large area. You all go around looking. You see lots of things. You see, like I said, performances from bards. Uh, you see some people selling, like, uh, automated levitation devices, all kinds of stuff. As you're walking through, though, you do you come up on one spot where there are these wooden dummies put up, okay? And they are made sort of like in the image of uh, some sort of a mage. They seem to be holding, like, a wand in one hand, and they're just, like, wooden automated dummies, and they are moving around. And one of the students is standing there. She has... Shoulder length. Well, she has, looks like probably a little longer than shoulder length green hair, but it's pulled back in a ponytail. She's wearing like very, like um, not tight fitting, but like not, but not loose fitting, like fitted robes, like wizard robes, but they're very fit to her form. And she has her sleeves rolled up, and she is holding a wand in her hand, and she's giving a she is giving a little bit of a speech about like battle techniques and evocation spells. If you would like to observe the way that I move my wrist when I when I cast this evocation spell, she steps forward and she casts just like a firebolt, just a standard firebolt spell. But the way she she moves, and you notice when she does, the wand actually is kind of like comes up and it's wrapped around her wrist like a bracelet, and it's kind of wrapped around her arm so that when she moves her hand like with a like a, almost like a whipping move, it doesn't come loose. You know, she blasts the firebolt. When she does, it like t- picks up speed as it hits the uh, the dummy, and it just boom. I mean, it hits it a lot harder than it should have. Really, just blows a hole in its chest. And people are like, "Whoa!" And you see some some folks kind of clapping, and she gives a little bow. Then she turns as you all walk up. Um, oh, hello to you all. What's her name? No, oh, you don't know. I don't know her name. Mm-mm. That was amazing. Well, thank you, guy. You could do that. Guy looks very like sheepish. And he says, uh, I don't know. I'm, that, that was some very, that was some good evocation handiwork, though, I have to say. Um, uh, um, and she says, why, thank you. I, I do work very hard on it, and I've had some time to practice. I've spent a few years here. I am, uh, I'm in some of my final years here at the college. Um, I'll be sad to see it go behind me, but I think I've got a lot to offer. Uh, what's your name? And he says, uh, I'm Guy. Uh, this, is, um, this is Sir Vance off the wall. He says, pointing at Vance. Hello there. Sir Vance, off to wall, or um, are you a knight, I suppose, or 
A paladin of Palor? I am indeed both of those. All the way from from uh, Branshire. Branshire. Hmm. Interesting. My name is Beleria. Uh, Beleria Blightwood. Oh. Um. I... Blightwood. Yes. Are you kin to a uh, Blaze Blightwood? Uh, why, yes. Uh, huh. Wow, this know... is a turn of events. You know right. my father? Yes. Uh, how? <laughs> well, um, we were put on a mission, and he actually went with a couple others to go retrieve something, and me and another member of that group he, uh, were sent he, to stay here. Was he in Venthaven? Oh, no, Jeremy. <laughs> what did you do to your daughter? <laughs> was he in Venthaven? <laughs> what a piece of crap. He he what? He was. Um, did you not? Oh. Did you not know? I didn't. Last I heard from him, he was, I don't know, oh. up near Dimmerhold at one point. No, that was that was probably a decade past. He's been all over. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't like to stay in one place for very long. He did tell me he traveled a lot. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Did he, has he told you any of the stories? A few. Well, you can only believe part of them, just so you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You see, but he's not in Benhaven now. He's not... Not at the moment, but they should be headed back soon. Really? Well, um, I... Sounds like a terrible father. Well, I'd, I'd love to see him. It's been a while. Besides the point, um, it is a pleasure meeting you, and I'm so glad that you have went through school and, um, and you're in your final years. That is so great. Guy, you could be like her one day. Um, yeah, uh, uh, are you, you said your name is, um, B- Valeria? That's a that's a lovely name. Um, are, so, you're in the evocation emphasis. I, I, I think that I might actually go into the same thing. And she says, "Oh, really?" And she kind of like um, puts a hand on his shoulder. Well, here, let me let me show you a couple of the techniques we've developed. She shows him some somatic movements that will help empower his cantrips. And you know, you, you all stay there for a little while, and if she gets done, she says, "Well, I I really must see to to, to some more who'd like to." Um, try out, but it was really nice meeting all three of you. It was a pleasure meeting you. And as when well. you when you see my father, if you could tell him, tell him to come by the college and see me. Margaret uh, kind of like puts her hand on mm-hmm. her shoulder. I will, I will do that. And she just gives her this knowing look. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Tell him he's a bad dad. Why did you say it like that? I just, the conversation, I mean, Margaret would pick up that blaze. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's just, she's just being awkward. awkward. Yeah, it's okay, fine. that's fine. Anyways, Anyways. have fun with your uh, teachings. I will take these men somewhere else. Time passes. You all finish your, your pass through uh, the springtide fate. And as the day is getting long, uh, you will know that you have probably about an hour until you need to make your way toward the grand ballroom of the college for the uh, the grand dinner. It is almost time for the grand dinner, so I must go and get ready. You you do have a place to get ready, right? Um, yeah, we have a, a place where we're, we're living right now. We're right. staying right now. I was just making sure. Well, that's all right. Uh, when you say get ready, do we need to... Um, so, Guy, students aren't usually invited, but since Sir Vance is here, you can come with him. And it will not be a problem. And if anyone says anything, just tell them I allowed you to come. Oh, all right. Um, well, okay. Well, we should we should probably go and, and get ready then. 
But yes, we will meet up before the dinner, and I will, I will see you then. Yes, we'll see you there. So you all split up. Uh, Vance, you and Guy go to, you know, get ready, get ready for the grand dinner and such. Uh, Margaret, as you are heading to home, yes, uh, on the road uh, to your house, coming up along the main road, which is also the same road that would lead to the workshop where you guys have been. Oh yeah. You see uh, a familiar figure, clodding along. He's got a very ornate staff hanging over his right shoulder with a sock tied on the end of it. Gandalf! Chris, you showed up just in time. Oh, it was an adventure, but I, I mean, I came as quick as I could. Well, we actually only have one hour or so until the grand dinner, so you might want to hurry and get ready. That, that's okay. I'll, I'll go get ready. I will meet you there. Great, and we actually have a couple more guests, and uh, I will introduce you when we get there. A servants and uh, Guy Clark actually will be there. So, and Margaret starts kind of walking away as she's saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Chris wouldn't know who those people are. No, he wouldn't. But that's okay. I look forward to meeting them, and I walk the other direction. Blaze. So happy I'm not dead. You climb back to the top deck of the very damaged but still maintained ship, the Kareem. You are tired from an hour or more of rowing. Bibble, babble, squibble, and squabble have also uh, taken a break now as you all have put in a safe distance between yourselves and the Darksome Key. The burnt and battered Kareem is sidled up alongside the Fanta Sea, and uh, crossways and bridges have been laid out between the two ships so that you might cross back and forth. And everyone is gathering over on the Fanta Sea for a moment. It is now still very dark, and you are all looking by torchlight as Charlie... Uh, along with Kellen walking alongside him, uh, transports the body of Captain Hamlin Orangewood. Aboard the Fanta Sea, a number of crew members are uh, bowing their heads. Some are crying, weeping, as Kellen and Charlie transport Hamlin wrapped in a clean piece of sailcloth, orange, and... Charlie brings him to the very center of the fantasy and lies him down gently uh, on a small little wooden pier that they've crafted. A raft, you might call it. They've taken one of their little side boats and turned it into a sort of raft. And everyone is standing silently by. Joseph, you, and Captain Celias, Brighttree, are standing nearby. Uh, looking on, and Solias leans down toward you as the captains of, of our own vessels, or, well, you at the very least. Mine lies at the bottom of the sea. As the captains of our own vessels, perhaps we should say a few words. Amber uh, steps over toward um, the body of Captain Orangewood. She leans down and places a hand on his forehead, and bows her head, crying silently. And she says, Goodbye, Captain. Sorry. 
I tried. Believe me, Captain, I tried. That's sad. We knew when we set out on this adventure, says Captain Solias, that we were doing so at the risk of our own lives. Of course, we understood that the seas are not what they once were. And these things that accosted us, both on the island and at sea, were fell creatures, summoned by some dark thing, some source of evil and wickedness. These are the desires of those called the Unchained. Some we have come to know as the Black Skull. And until we can rid this world of their evil, we will be faced with more and more loss. But for now, as captain of our sea lady, may she rest peacefully at the bottom of the sea. I say Captain Hamlin Orangewood was a brightness even in dark places. His smile and chipper attitude was welcome. And as he would often say, uh, he was kind of a big peel. Oh wow. I cast Resurrection. Solas bows his head and steps back. Uh, some of them turn toward Joseph standing there. While I knew him not long, he was seemed to be a good captain. You hear a sob come out from Amber. With great aspirations, the finest of orange juices and orange preserves. Here, here. You hear from Orange. And he lived out his dream while not yet fulfilling his greatest ideal. Perhaps you, the crew of the fantasy, can continue on his legacy and find that legendary orange tree. Holy poop. The, the Fanta. Find the Fanta. It is a pity that he will not get to see more of our beautiful Manubi. May the blessings of Etonia and Prevalian both be upon him. How cool is it that we will feed him to the sharks? <laughs> oh my god! That is very cool. They all nod in assent. <laughs> it is cool. Brackle says, Tag David, man, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. That's amazing. Chaz is going to love this. He's going to love every bit of this. I, I, I step up and I look at Charlie and I say, I'm, mm. not, I'm not really good at these. Can you... Can you say something, Charlie? Charlie steps forward and he lifts his head. <laughs> Captain Hamlin Orangewood is a man of principle. <laughs> he says Captain <laughs> Hamlin Orangewood was a man of principle. He will be long missed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, I'll get it. Oh, let's go. He will be long missed. But Blaze can understand everything. This Blaze time. is loving this. The sharks will eat him. It's true. <laughs> the sharks, they will eat him. It is true. <laughs> but he shall live on in us as well. As we keep him in our hearts. We're not eating him, right? And gorge ourselves on his oranges. But he shall live on. In us as well, as we keep us keep him in our hearts and gorge ourselves on oranges. 
Long live Captain Hamlin. Long live Captain Hamlin. Alright, feed him to the sharks, boys. Blaze says in uh, in bearish, long live Captain <laughs> Hamlin. <laughs> I think at this point, I just, Kellen goes, <laughs> <laughs> Using levitate, uh, Amber um, moves his his raft pier out onto the ocean ahead of you all. She would probably give him a marble. As Amber walks toward uh, Captain Hamlin to, to begin transporting his pier uh, his raft peer down onto the ocean. She she pulls from her pouch the most pure and beautiful orange marble that she has. Wow. With, oh, nice. with white accents. And she says, this is my dream sickle. She rests wow. it on his chest. <laughs> she begins levitating his raft peer down onto the ocean. And Brackle. Yes. You step forward by the bow and uh, Pip is standing there with a torch holding it up to light a wrapped arrow for you. Brackle takes the arrow. Send him off in style, Brackle. And does the vacuum thing. Do I need to roll for it? Yes. Yeah, give me a roll. Yeah. It's a nat one. Yeah, D20. <laughs> Please, nat one. It's a natural... No. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a 17. Dang. The arrow flies true up, and then the arc comes down, and it strikes the wooden pier and the flame spread over Captain Hamlin Orangewood. Wiping the tears from her eyes, Amber turns to Captain Celias. Um, Captain Celias, if you could, I, I, I was the first mate, but if you if you wouldn't mind just filling in as our captain for the remainder of this journey, I would appreciate it so I can still continue to help with the winds. And um, it, We're going to need some extra help if we're towing the, the Kareen along with us as well. Yes, of course. I, I would be happy to, to, to fill into this role for now, and perhaps we can help one another when we return to Ventaven. And he pats her gently on the shoulder. He turns to his first mate, Doriana, if you wouldn't mind. Um, you could assist Joseph and, and their crew uh, with attaching the tow cables and such as we prepare to make the final leg of our journey. Doriana gives a little nod and she uh, steps about helping Pip and Skip uh, as they go getting things ready. And Kellen, you go along with that as well as one of the first mates. Yes. Yes, I do that. Joseph has three first mates. Pip, Skip, and Kellen. And four count Charlie. The shade comes walking over. He was just kind of leaning against the captain's quarters. Um, so, I suppose it's time for us to make our journey home, yes? Yes. Something perhaps you would want to see first, Joseph. Well, or maybe not first. While they're finishing the preparations, why don't you... And, and Blaze, Brackle, you can come along as well. Brackle comes along as well. And he turns and begins heading toward the Kareen. You all go along with him. Yes. They're going to begin rowing the Kareen back once you all cross over on the planks. You're all back over there. Well, they're just going to hold anchor while while Amber maneuvers the Fantasy up in front of the Kareen to attach the, the tow cables to begin the journey. As you all cross over uh, and the shade uh, begins to step down into the lower decks. 
Come along, please. Joseph, crack him. He's coming along. You all descend. You see Squibble, Squabble, uh, Bibble and Babble down there. They are resting, drinking some grog and eating a meal. Uh, covered, I mean drenched in sweat from rowing through the night. And the shade leads toward the other end of the lower decks where there are some rooms. And one of those rooms, he um, knocks gingerly and then opens the door. It's dark down here, very dark. Uh, but the shade with a hand pulls up a candle and it lights with a purplish orange light. Very fire. And sitting on a small cot is a woman. She looks very thin, pale-skinned. Her eyes are big, uh, wide and dark. Um, her hair still looks somewhat matted, and you know, like she could use a good bathing. She is sitting upright and um, sipping from a cup of water in her hands. Who is this? Greetings. Are you feeling any better? You speak to her directly? Yeah. Uh, she does not respond, but she does look up toward you, and then she kind of looks at all four of you. Even me? Shade steps against the wall and kind of leans against it, holding the candle upward. Welcome aboard my ship. Aye, Captain. I'm Joseph Stormbright. She looks at you, Joseph. She doesn't say anything. Greetings, I am Blaze Blightwood. I've also been lost at sea before. From what ship do you hail? She looks down at her cup for a minute, takes another drink of water, and then looks up at you again. Doesn't say anything. What's your name? He repeats it in Elvish. She looks down a little sheepishly. As you all can see, uh, it would appear that she's not able to speak, perhaps. That, or she's simply refusing, but she doesn't have a look of obstinance on her face, does she? Brackle steps forward and says, I've seen this before. She just needs a little smooch from true love. Can you get her voice Brackle. back? No, Can no, I no. use my second wind before anything else uh, happens? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll say you've already done that. You can dispense short rests and all that stuff. You, you can you can expense some hit dice. I mean, you don't have to use your second wind. No, anybody. Any of you can. Good. I want to use message and say, mm -hmm. are you okay? And explain to me exactly how that works. Like what it does is like a whisper she hears in her ear. I point my finger toward a creature within range, whisper a message to target, and only the target hears the message and can reply in a whisper that only I can hear. Okay. So she she perks up and looks looks around and then locks eyes with you and she you know she can tell it was you. She she looks deeply into your eyes for a moment, and then she just gives a, a a little nod. I send another message. What's your name? She continues looking at you for a moment, then she looks down and takes another drink of her water. Um, can I roll insight? For what purpose? I don't know. I just want to, like, I want to pray volley in her and be like, yo, what the crap is up with this chick, and what can Blaze do to help her? Okay. Well, Prevalian is more intelligence than wisdom. Can I investigate? Like, Give it a shot. Is she afraid? Give her an investigation. Is give me it an that investigation. she's afraid? Or it's not. You, it, it, give me an investigation. It's a 15. Total? Total. Your investigation was a plus one? No, your investigation is a plus five. My investigation is a plus five? That's a 19, boy. So at a 19, 
you just kind of step forward and look her over, and she doesn't look up at you. She just continues drinking her water and just kind of looking down. Not like dejected, but just kind of nervous. And, and You notice as she kind of shifts, and by the light of the, ca- the candle that the shade is holding, you see a, a marking like right here along her neckline on the left side of her neck. Tattoo or scar? Yeah, it looks like more like something inked, like a tattoo. Or something like that. Uh, he's blazingly going to go up. Huh. Blazingly. And as politely as he can also rudely, like he's not trying to be a complete jerk and just like grab her clothes and be like, show me. He's like, <laughs> he uh, he like reaches out his hand and, and touches her shoulder. Uh-huh. And an elvish says, I would like to help you. What is this marking on your side? And he like not inappropriately slowly like just shifts her whatever her garment is to see a little more of it Mm -hmm. they brought her some clean clothes it's just like simple traveler's clothes and she she kind of leans her neck over and and pulls it down where you can see and there is uh, marking and it it looks like it travels further down her back and and the front Um, so you can't see all of it but you can see it is it looks like some sort of characters some sort of, you know, what something like a rune or a, or a letter, some character. Can I read them? No. There's nothing you've ever seen before. There is a language here that I do not know. The shade comes up beside you. Really? Let me see. Hmm. Yes, this is strange. Blaze cuts his eyes at the shade. I've also never seen this before, or if I have, I can't recall. And Elva, she says, I do not believe you. What does it say? Well, believe me or not, Blaze, but the truth is, I cannot read this, which is concerning. Very concerning. Ah, you said you can't remember. If you did... It's true. No, then you can't remember. Yes, it's true. Maybe we should try to remember. Oh, no. With the pearl, you mean. And he pulls it out from around his neck. Oh! crap. Bro! Perhaps we shouldn't. Quite yet. And why not? Well, didn't the governess recommend that we wait till we return? Do you always listen to the governess? He smirks. Of course not. But in this particular case, I'm not quite certain what will occur when I activate this item. We are delivering a entity to the city of Prevalian. There is some risk we should assess. Oh, of the woman, you mean? Yes, and all that language is more elevated because he's speaking in Elvish, otherwise it would be much more dumbed down. He's also getting smarter. Every True day. that. True that. Bro. You're not wrong, but also, does that really matter? I mean, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. If I'm being honest, as you know I always am. You are not. I'm a bit nervous to use this pearl now that I have it. And he kind of turns it over in his hands. Hmm. You could place yourself in a vulnerable position whenever you use it. That way we can dispatch you if needed. He cuts his eyes at you. True. Blaze has cut his eyes at him so many times. Brackle cuts his own eyes. Blaze, what is your beef with me? 
What have I done to you? Have I not helped you? Every turn of this journey. What has your goddess told you? Hmm? Is she putting some lies in your ear? My goddess. I have traveled much. Indeed. My goddess has not supplanted anything into my mind. It is but my own self that is suspicious of one of your power and secrecy. Well, I can respect that, please. I want nothing more than to defend Prevalian and her city. Well, as far as I can tell, her city has nothing to fear from me. It's one of my favorite places in Monumi. But this woman, I can't, res- I can't say. And I'm not sure that it's worth, as you said, putting myself at risk to find out if she is, in fact, a risk. One who has dealings with the gods... What of you, Brackle? Do you have dealings with the gods? Uh, I have. A time or two. Or three. Paylor, right? Paylor. Mm-hmm. We've we've dealt, you could say. And have you found the gods to be trustworthy? Paul. Brackle thinks long and hard. Mm-hmm. Timothy. Mm-hmm. Bro. Mm-hmm. I do not know. That's what I thought. That is what I thought. So, for every hand with which you do not trust me, Blaze, trust this. I do not trust your goddess. I fully understand where you are coming from. For my years of travel, when it comes to beings as yourself, there is something to being a little suspicious. Forgive me, I would like to be your ally, but I do not understand who you are or where you come from. Neither do I. Then let's find out together. Joseph. If this woman has runes of an unknown tongue to someone who should know, if anyone would know, you would know. You're right. But you do not. Jeez, where's Jim when we need him? We need somebody that was at the tree to be like, Jim can read it. Let's look at that tattoo, because that could be a big freaking Who was dragon. at the tree? Jim can read any language. Then we need to know what it is. And if anyone would know what it is, then you would know if you remembered what it was. And if this is some sort of envoy of the Forsaken... You mean the Unchained? Unchained. And we're taking her directly into Venthaven where the Lantern is, then maybe we should find out what this is. Look... Perhaps you're right. Perhaps I should just go ahead. But what does anyone know about this thing, Blaze? You are the champion of Privolian. I have seen the knowledge that is manifesting inside of your mind. What can you tell me about this pearl? And how do I use it? Oh, the pearl? Please give me a history. Give me a history check. Give oh, me a history no. check. Give me a history what's check. My, what's my at addition to that? It's, it's a, not plus, a plus one. It's plus five. It's a plus it? five. Because I'm sitting here listening. But you are you also, have advantage? No. <laughs> no. But you are also proficient in that, suddenly. Oh. Oh. Well, in that case, I got an 18. 18 total? Nine plus nine is 18. Yep. With an 18, you just start thinking about it. You look at it. You're dwelling on it, observing it. Would you just look at it? (laughs) Would you just look at it? Look at it. How that it is much like 
the visage of the scallop of Prevalian. It curls around uh, the pearl itself in the heart of the scallop, reflecting the colors. It, almost like a, almost like it's enclosing around it, but the pearl sits inside. It is a beautiful, pure, perfect pearl. You you reach toward it. You extra outstretch a hand in, in the shade. Uh, he doesn't take it off from his neck, but he rests the the amulet in your hand, and you recall the pearl of remembrance. What? What you remember? It can restore the memories that have been lost due to the unnatural passing of time. A gift created by and for the elves when they were yet able to live perpetually. But as that gift was lost to time, so was the use of the pearl. For the pearl will only restore such memories to one of Prevalian's children. And the the amount of memories, the number of memories, the length of memories that are to be recalled will determine just how long it will take the pearl to do its work. For each one who uses it must enter into a journey to find and gather their own memories. Oh, wow. He tells him, in Elvish, whenever you activate this, you will go on a journey depending on your age, Hmm. will determine how long this journey will take. You will have to go back. (sighs) I don't... It's kind of overwhelming. Essentially, this gives one the ability to remember beyond the lives of the elves now. It's almost as if you are one of the ones who awoke at the beginning. Perhaps. Perhaps not. I don't know. But if what you say is correct and it will take time, then, Joseph, I think I would like a private place to lie down. We'll go to my quarters. Captain, as we are a ship at sea, might I have permission to sit with the shade? Hmm. Yes, but I'll be there also. He wants to go over to the maiden and, like, take mm-hmm. a knee in front of her and, in Elvish, mm-hmm. very politely say, Can I take a better look at your art? She, like, pulls the, sli- the, the collar down around her shoulder, but that's as much as she will do. He uh, walks around behind her. I mean no offense. May I see your back? She she pulls back some in, in, in the, like, around like a shoulder blade back there as well, but again, she she's not really comfortable. Sure. From what I can see, though, is it is it all writing? Is there anything besides mm-hmm. runes, or is it all writing? Seems to be all writing. Seems to be all okay. writing. Would she let Amber? Is it modesty, or is it something else that's keeping her? Could be. We wouldn't know. Hard to know. She's not speaking. He just straight asked her, were we not in mixed company? Would you allow one of our uh, maidens to look upon you. She looks around uh, sheepishly again for a second, but then she gives a slight nod. I appreciate your willingness. Um, and he, in common, says, someone fetch Amber. Well, I am going to go and activate this pearl. 
perhaps, because it's going to take me a while, sounds like, you can take care of this all once I've begun. Yes, um, I'm going with you, and if Blaze wants to come, he can as well, but other than that, I'm going to leave this woman in the care of Brackle. And also, Pip, Skip, and Kelly can be there as well. <laughs> Just anyone else, also. <laughs> yes, Brackle, perhaps you could get Amber to speak with this woman and see if she can't get a better idea of what sort of runes and what the, the meaning and design of them are. Keep a close eye on her. Uh, I'll, I'll keep her safe. And also keep us safe. Certainly, of course. Always. Zaluan. I will leave my sword outside of the room. I mean you no harm. I want to become your ally. I must understand what is going on. As must I. So, you all go back upstairs. Uh, he comes to the entrance of the captain's quarters. He steps there, he opens the door, goes inside. There is a bed, small bed there. And he doesn't ask, he just goes and lies down in it. Kind of props some pillows up, make it comfortable here. And he takes the amulet and he holds it in both hands. He looks over at uh, Blaze and Joseph. Blaze has planted his sword into the deck right outside of the captain's chambers. I see. Well, looks like I have a journey to go on. And you hear a tone like a flute whistle. And a strange bluish light emanates from the amulet around his neck. You see his purple eyes roll back in his head. And then he grows tense for a moment. And then he shudders. His eyelids close. And he is still. Oh, gosh. I go get my sword and I plant it in his chest. Oh, do you? No, of course not. Okay. Is this one of those things where time moves closer or moves faster in the amulet than it does outside so he wakes up right away? <laughs> and that's where we're going to end the And episode. that is where we are going to have to end this week's episode of Make Believe Wow. Heroes. Of course it is. We are no longer friends. Dude, it's going to be crazy to hear the stuff that he remembers. Is the next episode just going to be his flashbacks? Next time no. on Make Believe Heroes. I hope so. I really hope so. Right. No, that's not what's going to be in the next episode. Which episode is that going to be in? I don't know. We'll see. Season six. That's going to be hard. I've got to figure out how to make how to actually do that. <laughs> um, hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. It's been a fun one, yeah. uh, different, change of pace from our last one. Freaking insane, crazy. But to find out what happens next, you'll have to tune in when we return next week. Next time. We love you guys. Bye. We love you. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. I mean, it's it's equally as bad if he opens it. It's bad in the both ways. Ocean, we might all die. If he opens it near the freaking lantern, like we lose. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe we. It turns out that he's like. Uh, the the avatar of freaking Luvatar. Oh, what boy. if we need a clam to activate the pearl? Oh, is Luvatar here? No, Luvatar's not here. We don't have an Luvatar, but more likely, like... I thought our Luvatar was evil. It's just bad either way. Mm. 
kind of what, what if he's the avatar of the chain god? Probably. He's the champion well, of the chain god. He did. That was Blackfire. Also, he did take no. y'all down. No, that was uh, Gron. Blackfire is the god. Like the little G god of the, the chain god. So there's a She's good old. chance that Zerluin, there's a good chance Zerluin is the avatar for or the champion for. I would like to roll a persuasion check to get Paul to tell us what he knows. Is he wearing like... It looks like... A man. A butt cheek on a stick. (laughs) Good God in heaven. (laughs) Another trucker, dude. (laughs) 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 A butt cheek on a stick. (laughs) It's a butt cheek on a stick. (laughs) Jeffrey, for the love of Pete, tell us what he looks like. (laughs) Don't take it easy on him. But Alan is going oh, into the no. <laughs> in the ceiling. No, what? what's happening? No. He's going into the ceiling. Someone is banging on the ceiling screaming for help, and he's going to have to go up there with his gun and <laughs> no, check on him. <laughs> no, I'm just like, look at this. I'm sweating, sweating and I'll look up and notice that the AC vent is not <laughs> fully open. It's closed. Uh, I was just like, why is it so friggin' hot? I'm so glad that's all that's going on. All those jokes y'all were making backfire. I'm like, Alan, so much better than ceiling. I was like, is there a raccoon up there? Like, what's going on? I was on? using a Sid. You remember the time Alan, like, what, what did he do? He disappeared into the closet yes, while we were. Yes. Oh, he fell. He fell. He, fell he was trying closet. to get into the closet. He just fell in it. And he had he had turned off his uh, thing. His kid's mic. But it didn't turn off the screen for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think okay. it's a venti dinner. Venti. Yeah, Is it it's dinner a- or supper? It's dinner. There's actually a distinction. Ah, to so to Margaret, it's dinner. To Flush, it's supper. About noontime. No. No, later than oh. the later one. It's the late dinner. I think dinner is the largest meal of the day, technically. But, but for people in the South, that's usually supper. What about second breakfast? So y'all are Yankees down here in Vent Haven. They I'm are very South. Crease, they. <laughs> Poor Felicia. I'm very. <laughs> Sorry. Push past <laughs> Jeffrey. Push past him. Jeffrey, please. Please. So, please. Back please. in Branchshire. We had breakfast dinners. Brian Sherns. Hey, listen, them Brian Sherns, that's dinners at the middle of the day. Them Brian Sherns. We had biscuits and gravy for breakfast. I am almost (laughs) 100% sure that she will be there. My second cousin Brackle will cook you up some deer steaks. Twice removed. She'll be at the grand dinner. Chris, you showed up just in time. Margaret, sorry, there was a, there was a, <laughs> no. Chris, your voice no. is, your voice is different. Yeah. That's weird. There, there was a helium steel at, uh, the secret place. Jeremy's mom. Okay, Zach. Chris. Okay. All right, Zach. Give us the real one now. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did, what did now she say? I forgot. Are you going to finish that croissant? And the flame spread over... Captain Hamlin Orangewood. Ah, I'm not dead, you fools! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Please. What has your goddess told you? Hmm? Is she putting some lies in your ear? My goddess. Kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Cut him. I'm gonna cut him in pieces and hang him on the wall. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Punch him. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make him a trophy over my fireplace. Stop. <laughs> Let's roll. Joseph. Turn that bad boy on. Let's find out. I would like to now stealth kill the shade. We need to hurry up before we miss Slipper. 
<laughs> Zach, for the love of God. Not, can I continue or are you going to interrupt me again? <laughs> Please. <laughs> are you kidding me right now? <laughs> also, guys, we need to convince Paul to let me play the crooked father in the finale. There's no way he'll make it out of the dude. What, what voice are you going to use for this? Hi, I'm the crooked father. <laughs> I'm in favor of this. 